Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Chell Stars podcast. Today is kind of going to be a wild one. Um, we only have just myself, Aaron, Max, and Kyle right now. Corey will be joining in a little bit later once I leave. Unfortunately, um, a lot of a lot has happened um, in the last couple of days. We did our podcast Sunday, but it turned out to be a trade deadline week. Um, there's nothing left for Friday almost. So we're pretty much just going to be discussing the Canucks. They've made three moves, three or four moves right now leading up to the deadline. They still have some more to go, I think. Um, we're going to be yeah, talking about the trades that happened. Multiple teams have made multiple trades. Um, just discussing that, our opinions around that. I also want to mention that Aaron actually created a TikTok account for the Chell Stars. It's going to be Chell Stars on TikTok. We are, we'll be posting daily. We'll be posting funny moments kind of controversial clips um anything like that kind of that we can get a clip from we'll be posting it so please check us out and follow that and as usual i'm gonna let max kick it off with the news and the trades thank you mikey uh it's not that long ago i was just here i think it was sunday night like you just mentioned um we had an hour and a half roughly podcast of all the news that was the whole podcast and we're back, and uh, we have another full list. <laughs> uh, the last two days, especially, have been pretty crazy uh, around the NHL. Uh, I have, My phone's been going off, and I mean, I've been glued to my phone because of the amount of moves that have been happening. And it's, again, not even Friday. Um, we're going to kick it off with some Canucks news, because that's our specialty here. Um, we're going to have some strong opinions of, about a few deals, because Canucks... There was a lot of rumors about them making a splash before Friday's deadline, and they sure did. But we'll leave that one for the end. Um, there were some little moves, though, at first. Um, Canucks shipping out Riley Stillman uh, to Buffalo for prospect Josh Bloom, uh, who's only 19 years old. Maybe look for him to join Abbotsford next year, but obviously they just acquired Stillman at the beginning of the season, so shipping him out this quickly clearly wasn't much of a fit here so i don't see much to say here unless you guys have any opinion every canucks fan i know does not like stillman yeah w trade that's a w (laughs) that's a w for the canucks um i think bloom has 58 points in 59 games in the chl between two teams i think because he got traded um and he's a big boy i think as well too so Losing Riley Stillman isn't a problem for me. Is is um, what was wrong with him? Like, just uh, not good defensively. He he honestly he just he was almost too much of an offensive de- defenseman. Mm. Like, I don't think he fit the system defensively. Yeah, and he didn't help that he was paired with Myers. So that was the tank <laughs> pairing. Yeah, they're a rough Even combo. Him and Myers were the tank commanders. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure the only thing he did was like fight a couple times. Like, I don't think he, he got really many any point. He didn't really get too many points. Like again, he was with Myers for that kind of tank combo. But you know, in the coach's eyes, that's like the goaded defense pair. But no, it wasn't. I don't mind him gone. Yeah. Um. When he came into Vancouver, I heard a lot about his hitting. He had some pretty big hits over in Chicago. Uh, I don't remember a single hit in Vancouver. 
Maybe I'm missing some, but I I can't recall a single one. He ended up with five points in 32 games with the Canucks. Uh, only five assists, no goals, um, and a minus 14. I was gonna ask what his plus minus yeah. was. <laughs> so not great. Didn't uh, work out on the penalty kill. Obviously, it was nowhere near the power play. So just really a failed project. And at least in this case, the Canucks shed 1.3 mil. For next year because he was still signed till next season um buffalo who knows with them if they saw something he's still not old he's 24 so there is something maybe they can see in him he's young enough that you'd think with a different system he might find his way again but definitely a good option for the canucks to get rid of him now <laughs> definitely <laughs> <laughs> And for what, how old did you say He's Bloom was? Ni- oh, Bloom? No, 19. 19. So, I mean, that's a lot more potential there. And I, and I, th- I think Stillman will end up being like their seventh D-man kind of thing. I don't think he'll be playing on the regular like he did with Vancouver. Or was he more your seventh D-man in Vancouver? I mean... He yeah. definitely started he was, out yeah. as like top four minutes, but then just slowly drew out a lineup and even with an at half Abbotsford uh you know decor he's not making the lineup wow so, Talkit, I don't think was a big fan and clearly he fell out of management's trust um pretty quickly only half basically 32 games with the Canucks and that was his whole tenure with us um moving on we'll have a lot more to talk about Toronto uh, in a little bit, because there will be a hot topic, but they did acquire uh, from the Canucks Luke Shen uh, for a 2023 third round pick. Now, <laughs> I don't really like this at all in the Canucks perspective. I know he is an expiring deal and you had to kind of get something for him in a way. Uh, maybe he can still easily come back in the summer. Um I think he just has way too much of a positive, you know, um, presence presence um, in their lineup as it is, and I don't think the third round pick, in my opinion, is even worth it for that matter. How about um, a second round pick if they would have got that with that? Have... I think that was what I going into this deadline. I said, okay, first or second. Um, that's what I would take. Anything <laughs> third round or worse i wouldn't do sure enough it's a third yeah i'm kind of on the same boat um obviously luke shen doesn't put up a a ton of points i think he's got 21 points this season but being on a struggling canucks team he is a plus nine with 258 hits and 81 block shots so he's really the guy who plays defense for their team i would say if you ever watch a canucks game go to a canucks game live you'll see Luke Shen play proper defense and you never see him make a mistake in the sense like he's kind of calm, cool and collected when he moves the puck and breaks the puck out, which is why I think he fit with Hughes so well. He really fits into what the Leafs are missing too, which kind of makes me a little more surprised that the Canucks weren't able to kind of leverage a slightly better return. I would have been surprised if they got a first pick, but second round for sure. That's what I kind of expected. So this is a little bit surprising that the Canucks would still go through with that after that was all they were offered. 
Yeah, you think of the last two seasons, Shen has easily been the second best defenseman for the Canucks. Um, obviously, he, he's ahead of people uh, like Myers and OEL, so it's not hard to do, but um, was great along Hughes, and even Hughes has said many times leading up to his deadline that he basically has been saying to not trade him because, you know, he's a good leader in the room, does everything most you know, does things that others kind of won't, like stand up for teammates, fight, finishes every goddamn check. Um, so he'll, he'll be missed for a little bit of the season. And maybe, like I said, he can come back in the off offseason. Um, but I do wonder if Shan at all is kind of annoyed at the whole scenario he just got put through with sitting out for the last week or so and then also dealing with um, his wife that is expecting like any day now. So he has now have to travel across the country, uh, and his wife cannot. So that's that's tough timing. Yeah, that's but very tough timing. <laughs> but but like you know when the trade deadline is, when playoffs start, all that stuff. You got to. So you're saying nine so months ago they should have planned a little bit better. <laughs> I'm I'm saying he's been in the NHL for how long? <laughs> I get that it's not easy to have a kid, but like, I feel like. There's there's some things that, that that you should take into account going into a contract. You, you know, there's I'm just saying. I probably sound like an idiot, but I'm just saying. Really, you're trying real hard to get yourself out of that one. <laughs> I just yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so you will be missed. Um, obviously, going back to the team that originally drafted him long ago. Um, so I think he'll provide, you know, a lot for them. That's kind uh, of yeah. ironic that last time he was he was like shamed out of town because he <laughs> didn't live up to the hype, and yeah. now he's back <laughs> and better than ever. Now, does Toronto have the capabilities to re-sign him, extend him for next year? I mean, if it's under a mill, I feel like almost everyone can. I think so, he'll only be signed for under a mil for next year. Um, he's definitely worth more than that. Yeah, now, I'd be I pretty say. surprised about that. Um, well, Toronto's are always tight on the cap. Like they have so many people. Because because yeah. wasn't it, at the start of the season they were even having issues with the cap, and it wasn't until Muzzin was injured that they were able to get some flexibility and Murray as well. So going into Next year, they're projected to have like $9 million in cap, but they have to re-sign a lot of people. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> that's fitting in. Uh, yeah. We're talking like 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, like 10 NHLers. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they might not re-sign half of them. A lot of them are the guys that they just acquired the yeah. past week but very tough position they're in well yeah we'll get into more of uh, Toronto's last few days here because they've been very busy um, pretty much the last move that the Canucks have made obviously still under two days left so they might be more and there has been a lot of rumors uh, but we first want to talk about the I will say blockbuster deal that happened earlier today. Um, 
in the Canucks acquiring Philip Hronik and a fourth rounder for a 2023 first round pick, which was the Islanders conditional pick that they got, as you all know, in the Horvat trade, uh, as well as sending out a second rounder, their own second rounder. Um, I was not expecting this at all. Usually a lot, especially nowadays, um, before players traded, I would say there's a lot of trade rumors um, around them. I didn't know Peronuk was even being shopped. Um, haven't heard a thing out of Detroit other than Tyler Bertini <coughs> and etc. Um, so this was a big shock to hear. Uh, I listened to this on the radio while I was driving, so I just heard Frank Saravalli, uh break this to me, and I was in quite <laughs> shock. <laughs> um, so, let's say the Islanders do miss the playoffs. Um, let's say it's around the 13th, 15th overall pick, and it doesn't get transferred to next year's. Um, essentially, the Canucks send out two top 40 picks for Philip Ronick, who is signed for one more season after this one. Um, who is in the midst of a career year. He's only 25, right shot defenseman. You do have to pay a premium for him nowadays, and we did see that with this trade. Um, so it's, it was a lot. Um, I do want to hear a bit of your guys' opinion before I just now, keep going. <laughs> now, Max, if, if the Islanders absolutely crap the bed then like the rest of the year and have an awful season next year, that means that the Canucks are getting a... Or that the... Red Wings are getting a very high pick, right? Yes. I mean, who knows what the Islanders will be like um, this year and next. Um, say, let's say that pick this year goes to top 12. So the conditions on that means it is new. Detroit now will get the Islanders' first rounder next year. But that's unprotected. So sit, let's just say the Islanders absolutely tank next year. And it's a top eight pick, and that's a lottery pick, and very well could be the first overall, second overall. So the Canucks could have traded a very good, very good pick. Um, I have no idea who the top prospects are in that draft, if it's as deep as this one, but it's not as deep at all. I'm sure. I was just looking before we chatted, and I didn't recognize any of the names. Okay, well. So. Either way, it's a lot to give up. Um, I do want to hear from uh, our other resident Canucks fans here. Okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah, God, well, you cow. can give yours. You're the third party-esque <laughs> one. I like hearing that. <laughs> well, I'll pass it over to Aaron. Okay, yeah. So I'm a little bit split on this one. Like, it's a bit of a confusing choice to make. Like you mentioned, Heronik's having a career-high year this year. So Detroit's selling high, obviously. And the Canucks kind of took the bait. Who knows if it's going to work out? Like, maybe they'll have a great year next year. We really needed a right-hand defenseman. So it could be a great trade. But you're giving away two picks in such a deep draft. But I feel like the risk probably isn't worth it. I mean, who knows? It might turn out great. But I don't know. I don't I don't love that they're giving up draft picks at this point and how their team is looking right now. I just... I feel like that was not not a great move for them to make right now. Yeah, I 
I think my immediate reaction to this is why are we buying when we are, I believe, 26th uh, in the standings? Um, we're sending out a first round pick and a second in a very deep draft, which could very well, you know, if say you do draft with both of those uh, picks, those would basically become two of your top four draft prospects in a prospect pool that is seriously lacking um and again i'll keep saying this it's very deep draft um this is like the year you don't want to give up your draft picks this is the year (laughs) that like yeah years leading up to this like people have been like valuing these first round picks way more than other years because of just the value you have like you have possible second rounders that could even very well be first rounders in a normal year um so and with the canucks trading their second rounder this year obviously that's probably going to be around 40th let's say overall um so you know that's a late first in in a way it's very close to being so so you're really paying a lot for a guy who's you know you're really hoping and banking on um continuing what he's doing this season and into the future um mikey i'll pass it over to you (laughs) yeah i'm with aaron i'm kind of split on this i don't understand why we're buying right now maybe for next year um if that's if the canucks are going to resign them because i think his contract is up i'm not sure about that though i could be wrong another year i believe after this okay Yeah. Okay. And he is still fairly young. Um, he's playing phenomenal right now with Detroit. He's got 38 points, uh, eight plus eight, uh, plus eight. He has 97 hits, 54 blocks. So he does his job. Um, if he's paired up with Quinn Hughes, I do think that's going to be a great tandem. I really think they're going to complement each other. It's just kind of confusing. Uh, why we gave up those draft picks, which is what's going through my head because essentially like max you said earlier it was right now looking at it horvat in a second round pick for ratty Bronick, and anthony bolivier which i don't know how how great that'll look um i know a lot of canucks fans were you know kind of on the fence and they're like why is the management doing this i'm still kind of confused and didn't see it coming but he is a right-handed defenseman who is in who is top four, and he'll stay top four. And the Canucks needed a right-handed defenseman. There's been a lot of rumors about different people coming to the team, like Dumba and so on, in like recent like seasons. So I guess it's nice having that right-handed defenseman that can put up some points and hit and block. Um, again, it's just tough seeing those draft picks go, especially if the Islanders do have a shitty season. That's kind of my take on it. I'm still split with it. We'll have to see how it plays out. Maybe next year he kills it for them and he has another career high. But I don't know right now. I think a lot of it, too, it just goes back to that whole are we rebuilding or retooling thing? Because obviously we want them to draft prospects and do a proper rebuild. Well, that's going to take time. If they're committed to a quote-unquote retool, they're looking to just fill that right-handed D spot and have something improved now, which... I, it's probably not going to be enough in the long term. I think we kind of all know that. 
but obviously they just want faster improvements than prospects are going to get them. So I don't see it working out great in the long term, but I'm sure he'll fit in and do well in the lineup for the year or however long they can have him. I just also want to, like, what are what is the Canucks prospect pool looking like now? Like three seasons ago, four seasons ago, the Canucks had like top five, one of the top five best prospect pools. And I just don't know who they're left with now. Especially no. trading all these draft picks. That's the thing. It's just very bleak. Um, and this, like Aaron just said, this is a complete, complete, like short-term move. Um, this is not a long-term outlook which you can kind of go back to a couple of weeks ago with them saying with their multiple pressers that they were going to target these younger NHLers. Not that 25 is that young anymore. Um, um, but I, I, I can't believe it with them giving up this much draft <clears throat> capital. I, I was very much looking forward to this draft because of those, you know, you know, I think we in the, like we had four picks in the first two rounds, and we haven't had that in forever. Um, so it's shocking to see that. <clears throat> I yeah, feel like I almost see. rather would have seen them give up like a couple younger prospect esque people that maybe they've already seen haven't worked out, and give up so much potential for this year's draft. I'd almost disagree with it not being like a long term move because he is. 25 years old he has a year and a half left on his contract he's an rfa after his contract's done if he plays well then re-sign him he could be on the team for like eight years and if he's a good offensive defenseman like i kind of understand he is then he's gonna be a pretty solid player for you if he can maintain what he's doing right now for eight years I think, like, great, that's probably a pretty good move, but it's just when he's playing this well and he hasn't consistently done that in the past, it's hard to be that optimistic that that's going to continue for that long. That's fair. Yeah, he he is the 19th highest scoring defenseman in, in the league <coughs> here, which is super impressive. That's pretty um, good. Yeah, definitely having a career year. Last year, he had 31 points in 78 games. So, he'll Definitely be reaching that number for sure. He is also injured right now. Sorry, he's at, yeah, he's at that number. My bad. Yeah, he's injured right now, so I don't know when he's going to be back. It looks like it's day-to-day, but I also read that his arm wasn't a sling and everything like that, so I don't know like how serious it is. Um, I mean, if he doesn't play, then more tanking the better, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, so best term, best case scenario he plays the next eight or so years with the canucks um fit i'd just like to correct well. myself before oh. you go too far max okay i was looking at his even strength points not as oh not yeah no i was gonna bring points. that up <laughs> yeah 38 points in 78 games last year he's at that number right now that's awesome mm-hmm. so if he can get up to the 40 45 50 range that would be that'd be a solid defenseman if he can keep his plus minus in check as well yeah. Um, speaking of plus minus, um, for his NHL career, yes, this is kind of reflective on the team he was on with 
the god-awful Detroit teams. Um, in 305 games played, his career plus-minus is negative 87 <laughs> in five seasons. <laughs> Last year, he was yeah. negative 29. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That's I, I get it. Exactly, yeah. Up I'm until not looking this at year. that too much. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm I'm trying really hard not to like really shit on Heronic here. Um I think he's <laughs> a really good player. I think he'll do great. And I think he does fit what we kinda need more. Um yes he can be a bit more offensive, but that's what a lot of NHL defensemen are kinda like now. But he does kill penalties um something that the canucks sorely need um so there there's that he can easily fit in immediately to the second power play unit um so he can play all situations and if he can play with hughes and get that chemistry going then you would hope that's a long-term fit and that's something that hughes desperately needs um so far he's lost all of his partners aka Tanev and Chen um and he's been distraught over both of them <laughs> so essentially with this trade like many trades kind of blockbuster trades especially uh we'll have to time will tell how this works out for them uh who knows when we do see Hronik if his tr- harm truly is in a sling <laughs> then that only helps Team Tank for this season. Um, and we'll have to see. I mean, I think they're not done with moves before Friday. Uh, at this moment, going into next season, they are already over the cap. So oh, nice. one could only <laughs> assume there's going to be some moves, uh, mainly because they have to. <laughs> um, and there's been rumors, right? There's been a lot of rumors. Um if anyone listening was following the whole, um, well, especially Twitter, um, Canucks and Pittsburgh have been behind the scenes uh, in some pretty serious talks. Um, you probably didn't actually maybe hear it because there's so many other trades happening. But um, Penguins have been sneakily moving out some money. Uh, they traded Teddy Bluger to Vegas earlier today. They waived... Mark Friedman and Brock McGinn, which freed up about five and a bit mil, I believe. Uh, I think it, made, it was six and a bit mil, uh, which everyone was looking <clears throat> like, oh, guess who makes that? <laughs> Miller. Um, <laughs> guess who can make that if you retain a bit? Besser. Guess who makes five and a half? Exactly. Garland. Um, guess who makes five? Guess who makes five, though? There you go. Uh <laughs> Mikhail Granlund, that's who. Um, that happened earlier this afternoon, or later this afternoon. I don't know when it happened. It was, it was really. more evening. I think it was more yeah. evening. There you go. Um, yeah. yeah, Mikhail Granlund makes five mil. So there goes all those rumors. That's gone. All this build up, and then all just this build up. Just and then I saw the trade, and I was like, wait, how much does Granlund make? Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> There goes that. So you got traded to Pittsburgh for a second rounder. So Nashville continues its selling. Um. So there goes that. 
<laughs> I was desperately hoping that that you'd get out of one of your. I was hoping so too. Forwards. Contracts. That seemed like a pretty safe place to go. You know. Yeah, for sure. Pittsburgh needs to do something, and you, if you think about it, with Miller. Um, he's a better winger, so he can easily go on the wing of Malkin or Crosby's. Oh, he um, would lit it up. He's from there. He, sorry. Funny yeah. enough. He oh. would lit it up. <laughs> you want to try um, that again? Get lit up. He would get, he would lit, get up. lit up. <laughs> it's more <laughs> accurate. Right, continue. Okay. Um, anyways, um... Miller's what's, from what's, there. So wait, wait, wait. What's what's the past tense of to light it up? There you go. No, no. That's that's present tense. What's past tense? Oh, well. You would have lit it up, probably. After. Is that what you're trying to say? Past tense? Yeah. Ah. Or, or, or I don't know what tense I was trying to use. I'm not an English major. I'm not an English major. None of us are because we're all keeping quiet. At least me and Mikey are. <laughs> Mikey immediately mutes himself to him at the answer. <laughs> um, I was not listening to the question to be honest. <laughs> I just heard okay. Kyle mess up and kind of laughing. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. No worries. No worries. So Besser, Miller, Garland were one of them was looking like they were on their way out. That's what it seemed like. Um, who knows what happened if they were asking for too much or didn't re- re- want to retain as much for Philly's light or Philly Pittsburgh's liking. Um, but either way, that's pretty much completely done now because Pittsburgh acquired a guy for five mil. So that's it's not technically completely over because they can still make another move. Um, if they wanted to move out some defensemen for someone like Besser, Garland, Miller, uh, they do have a few guys making a fair bit of money. Like Marcus Pedersen does make four mil. Uh, Brian Dumoulin is four mil on expiring contract. Um, so the, you can get creative and fit them in, but that does kind of kill their defensive depth. <laughs> yeah, so, so that was kind of going to be my next question. Is There's been so many moves the last couple of days. Is there anywhere feasible that Miller or Besser could still be traded to at this point. That really I don't think there's like any it. buyers that could take that contract. Yeah, there's yeah. no this buyers. Point. Like it would have to be someone looking for the future. Like there's a lot of off season talk right now too with Besser. Like after that Pittsburgh fallout, I think there's a lot of talk about off season. Like just let him ride it out for yeah. like the twenty games that are left and then the off season same with Miller. Um, but they've cause... said that with for, for Besser in particular for at least four years now. <laughs> right? Like, I'm not uh, he, wrong, he, right? He, he was definitely part of trade uh, rumors before he signed a three-year contract this past summer. So, yes, he's definitely dealt with it before. Um, he did actually have a press conference, I think it was yesterday, Um which I did here, um, and he was asked about the whole trade rumors and everything, and he said that it does feel more serious now compared to before. Uh, so it definitely before. seems like it's uh, <laughs> like a more serious that he might actually get moved, but who knows? 
I have no, there's no other, that was the only really big rumor was Pittsburgh, and that's completely gone now. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's moved in the summer. I mean, it's not like he's expiring, so it's not, there's no rush. I'm sure the Canucks are just trying to wait and get something good enough for him, which, if that is true, I'm definitely glad they're doing that. What's the asking price on him in your guys' minds, Max? Oof. Well, it depends. I mean, if the Canucks want to, if they don't want to retain anything, you're not going to get much at all for him. He carries a 6.6 million cap bit for two more after this season. Performance and performance doesn't really reflect that. Um, If they were to retain 30. He could technically retain 50%, but that's a lot for a team that's pretty cap-strapped. Um, oh, no. It, that, yeah, that won't happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what asking prices would be. It's hard to say. You don't see a lot of moves kind of like this happening, I want to say. You see a few guys during before the deadline get flipped while still having term, but for a winger who's kind of underperforming, that's tough. You just hope he doesn't have negative value, essentially. <laughs> Trading picks to get rid of him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what you don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, Canucks have done enough of that this year already. <laughs> yeah. So, who knows if the Canucks are done, or if teams are done. I mean, this trade deadline's been crazy, and we still have a day and a half. Um, TSN surely are... Um, really annoyed at all the deals that have happened before Friday. ESN's going to be like boring on on Friday. Like it's just going to be like reviewing yeah. all the trades. There's going to be no it's new totally trades. reviewing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the broadcast I saw a thing on the TV was like it starts at 7 a.m. in the morning <laughs> for Pacific time. So it's like, oh my God, what are you, you're just going to be reviewing it for ever. So many commercial breaks too. So- was it you or Corey that was part of that conspiracy theory about the delaying trades till Friday? Oh, that was Corey just joking, I think. Corey. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly that's not the case. Clearly not. No. Especially when Kane gets traded for so little. Craziness. Well, should we talk about Patrick Kane getting traded then? <laughs> <laughs> Did, um... Was that after the... Oh, yeah, I guess that wasn't on Sunday. That was like Monday that happened, right? Monday yeah, or Tuesday? that was Tuesday. <laughs> cool. Get into Remember it, we Max. left Sunday night's podcast being like, oh, I don't know if we'll do Wednesday. Maybe not enough will have happened by then. <laughs> Immediately just trade after trade after trade. So yeah, completely clearly we're fine. Our All right. Yeah, uh, I think I mentioned that last podcast. But hey, I mean, <laughs> tra- trade deadline hasn't been that good. Like the actual trade deadline day hasn't been that good for a while, so I'm not surprised that this is going to be lame too. <laughs> I don't remember a trade deadline this crazy. Me, like this I was thinking action. that too. Like leading up to, it. especially when when going into the season, every single team had to work to get under the cap. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, how... like I'd say over half the league was like pinching pennies, like sending players down on off days just to save like a couple thousand dollars here and there yeah, i mean it's 
they've had to really work the uh, cap to get these moves going since most people are pretty much most buyers are using the LTIR cap relief uh, to benefit them. Yeah. Um, this trade for Patrick Kane required a whole lot of moves before it. We kind of mentioned it on the last podcast about Vitaly Kravtsov, um, as well as um, yeah, Kravtsov, as Mikey put it. <laughs> um, Did I say that, dude? <laughs> it was close. I had to listen to it. Back. It was damn close. <laughs> yeah, you okay. Just kind Kyle. of stopped yourself. It was. Really dude, close. I can't pronounce some names. I'm Don Cherry. Like, come on, I can't pronounce some of these names, dude. I try. Yeah. Um. So, it was a heavy rumor for a while there, uh, but Patrick Kane finally does go to the New York Rangers. Um, this was a three-team trade, essentially, because Arizona had to be the little third-party broker there um, to retain half of Kane's salary. Um, they get compensated with a third-rounder in 2025. And it's a massive condition on it. I'm not, I don't even understand what it means, so I won't go there. Um, Chicago, in dealing Patrick Kane, gets um, some random prospect. I'm not Vili Sarjarvi. Sarjarvi. Yep. Who? Exactly. Who? Can you say that five times fast? No, he's not even really a prospect. He's 25. You said it one time fast, Mikey. Yeah. (laughs) I can't even remember what you said. (laughs) Vili Sarjarvi. Billy Sarajarvi. Yeah, Easy. He's, he's finished. Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. He's finished. You know what that means. You know what that means. <laughs> he better finish the puck in the if net. You know, you know. If you know, you know. It's about it. Um, along with that, they get Andy Wilinski. That was easier. <laughs> um, let me just quickly see. He, he's he, oh, he's uh, 29 years old. That's pretty good. Nice prospect. Um. They also get uh, the Rangers' second rounder, as well as a fourth rounder in 2025. Um, that second rounder is a conditional, which will get upgraded to a 2024 first rounder um, based off how the Rangers do if they make the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, so all in all, a very underwhelming return. Uh, I know, Kyle, you were very displeased with it i would say yeah yeah i was definitely displeased with it not that i'm a fan of either team or anything um but it's it's just weird seeing like one of the greatest american players to play the game um in history get traded for like a second round pick yeah yeah i I agree fully with that i don't i don't know what happened there like where was the like the roster player where was like the 15 different picks that he should have you know got traded for He's literally still, in my opinion, one of the better players in the league. And with all his history, his cups, you know, and he's going to he's gonna smash it with Panarin, I think. We mentioned that last podcast with them two teaming up again. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. See, I'm not really that surprised. They didn't get very much. Like, I'm not and he either. has a full no-movement clause, right? He basically said, I'll go to the Rangers, and that's it. So you have Kane with all the power over Chicago. And in turn, you now have the Rangers with all the power in the situation. I mean, 
maybe they could have gotten something more, but they have no, nothing really to bargain with in that situation, right? They're kind of just going to take what they can get at that point. I mean, I'm sure Kane will fit in and do really well there, a lot better than he's doing in Chicago right now. But I definitely didn't expect at this point in the situation for them to be able to get that much for him. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, He had basically full say in where he could go and if he wanted to go. Um, There was a chance he didn't even want to be moved. Um, So Chicago essentially had to just get whatever they could. Um, There was no bidding war compared to the likes of Chikrin and others. Um, It's pretty much just how it works, unfortunately. Um, And you know what? It worked out almost as good as it could for Kane, right? Like I'm sure you guys all saw how really obviously devastated he was when Tarasenko got signed. He thought that was it, his chance to be with the Rangers. And I'm, I know he loves Chicago and he's been there his entire career, but he doesn't want to be there anymore with the situation that they're in. So as much as it's sad that maybe they didn't get a big return for a player like that, you just kind of got to be happy for Kane that he's in a better situation to finish off his career. Yeah. Much better than being in Chicago. <laughs> what's going to happen with Taves? His his uh, his boy's gone. So what's going to happen with him? What is his contract like right now? It, well, he expires expired. at the end of the year, and he's dealing with oh. uh, po- long COVID or like, like long term COVID effects. Yeah, he's like, been yeah. out for a so, while. Is he back s- now? I've no, he'll him. be out the rest of the season. Yeah, okay, he's, that's what I thought. He's not getting traded. Yeah, yeah. that's rough. That is rough, yeah. So, I mean, but he could always re-sign at the end of the year if he's able to continue playing. Um, who knows where that'll go. But Maybe I he'll know. take a cheap deal to play with Kane and the Rangers next year. Oh. Oh. <laughs> if they can get him back. I doubt it. I don't it. think the Rangers can afford him. <laughs> Rangers cannot Probably afford not. anything. They can barely afford to have Borden... 20 ro- players on the roster. <laughs> Actually, they, they had four defensemen the other night after Cameron yeah, Miller was kicked out of the game. Because they, they only dressed five defensemen. I think they only dressed 19 players. And then oh they lost. And they lost Miller. So they were playing with four defensemen for two and a half periods. <laughs> yeah, I think all of them so, had like 30 minutes of ice time. It was oh hilarious. <laughs> that's awful. And they won. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so moving on, um, there's a boatload of trades to go through. I think we can head over to one of the busiest, uh, teams slash <laughs> person on the market. And that was, uh, Kyle Dubas. He was working multiple phones that day. That's for sure. Did you see the NHL posted him with two phones? No, the, the, NHL the NHL posted Kyle Dubas with with like the like the, the court and phone, phone and, yeah. and and the yeah like <laughs> like that meme and it was like Kyle Dubas right now. I found that hilarious. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Even, I probably saw that. I just didn't realize it was posted by them. <laughs> yeah, it was literally posted by the NHL. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> wow. Um. Well, where do we start? Pretty much the day after our podcast um uh they traded with chicago um with for jake mccabe and sam lafferty um getting rid of some depth pieces as well as uh 2025 first 
and a 2026 second rounder. So they are completely clearing out the uh, picks and draft capital that they have, and they're going all in this year. Um, but at least this deal, it costs them that much, I think, purely based off the fact that they now have McCabe, who was retained uh, by Chicago 50%, and they have him for two more years after this one. They also have got Lafferty, uh, who is also signed through to next season as well. So they're kind of, you know, paying more to obviously have the team for two runs, two, three runs, essentially. So how do we feel about this deal? <laughs> I feel like overall, looking at all the deals that the Toronto's made, they've definitely gotten better. How, if it's going to be worth it? I mean, we'll see. The East is just such a crapshoot. Who knows? They could probably do as much as they want, and they might still lose in seven games. Um, but they've picked up pieces that are good playoff players, if that makes sense. Like, you know, we'll get it. Well, we already talked about Shen. We have hard hitters. They're becoming more physical. They're adding depth, which is good. So who knows? Maybe this is going to be the one sort of key it's going to take for them to finally get past the first round this year. But I don't know. It's so hard to say with how the East is right now. And I know the one major discussion was like, how does adding five to seven players affect the chemistry on that team. That's what I was really like almost in a way concerned about. <laughs> um, so we always obviously already mentioned Luke Shen being uh, acquired by them. Um, they also acquired uh, Eric Gustafson um, from Washington and sending well, they also received in that the a first round pick. They sent out Rasmus Sandin. Uh, they had to also send out to the Long Island, uh, Pierre okay. Engvall. Uh, so they had to shed 2.2 mil there to make it work. Um, Did you see so- the length of that guy's neck? <laughs> Myers-esque length? Oh, Dude, yeah, it is. it's impressive. Because <laughs> he's like 6'5". Yeah. He's just... He's, and five of those inches is neck. Yeah. <laughs> impressive really is it now <laughs> well i mean it's way longer than the average neck and it's like you... that's a great fact kyle <laughs> I, i'm just how long is the average yeah, neck kyle we'll, we'll be seeing that on tiktok buddy how long <laughs> are you googling that right now average yeah heck yeah you asked i answer Fair enough. Thank you. How many inches above average is is, is Angval's neck? Oh, that's so many necklaces. <laughs> is she punching the right words there, Kyle? You could be going yeah. down a real bad rabbit hole. Uh, no, it's talking girth. That's not talking height. <laughs> um, no, that's. Did you find out the girth of an average neck, but not the length? The girth of the average neck is 15.2 inches in men and 13 inches in women. Glad to know. Wow. <laughs> Everyone go measure your neck after this. Yeah, let us know yeah. in the comments Send section us below. In your fan question this week. Your... What is the girth of your neck? <laughs> we'll shout out the big, the biggest girth. <laughs> <laughs> and the longest neck as well. We were there talking about long necks, they're not girthy necks. <laughs> Come on. 
Anyways, getting back on schedule here. <laughs> Unless you want to call it any more body parts of people, Kyle. I'll do more research and let you know. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Leafs, if you include the O'Reilly uh, Achari ad, they added six new pieces into their team. Um, that's a lot. Um, I, my main question is if that's too much. Uh, yes, Dude, they definitely got stronger, you know, grittier in a way. Um, but how isn't that not changing their culture too much? Like, I would expect this kind of movement and this many trades kind of more off season. So you have the whole full season to work together. This is like you're changing out a third of your lineup right before kind of the you know playoffs essentially um and in a team that's like been doing good it's yeah, not this like is not a team that's been big rejig like they've been playing well it's yeah, strange oh, yeah. that they think they need to change that many pieces they must be just looking at boston and just being terrified boston and tampa can. mainly yeah tampa, I mean, yeah i mean the pieces that they added were great pieces to have a successful playoff run you'd hope I mean, with Luke Shen, another bet. Now, like, gel together. Now, is it beneficial that Toronto knows they're playing Tampa in the first round and can build a team that's going to compete against Tampa? I, I think so, yes. for sure. Because, I mean, if you're early. Toronto, your goal right now is not necessarily Stanley Cup. It's we need to make it past the first round or our fans <laughs> are going to kill us. <laughs> Oh, you really just build your team to beat Tampa. Well, it's, yeah, first round or bust. Dubas doesn't have a contract extension going into the next season. Um, Matthews and Nylander are expiring uh, UFAs after next season. So, obviously, this, and it's been the same thing every year. So, this is pretty much their last season um, to make it past the first round. Because if they don't, that team is getting blown up. Um, and, and it won't be their choice. And it won't be their choice, really, because it's the same thing every year. So, obviously, if they make it past the first round this year, who knows how far they go? It's definitely obviously sign positive, you know, signs there. So they'll most likely have to pay Matthews and ever and stuff like that. Um, but this is truly there all in here, and you can see that with when you look at how many picks Toronto is left with in the next four seasons. Um, they don't have, well, they currently actually have Boston's first rounder this year, which is kind of funny. Um, they still have next year's first, but they don't have the 2025 first. They don't have any second round picks. They've gotten rid of two of their thirds and two of their fourths. Um, so clearly, obviously going all in and mortgaging the complete future in a way. You think part of why they're doing that is to try to keep their stars like Matthews from wanting to leave sooner than Toronto probably wants them to? I mean, yes, and just them having to win with what they have right now. Because obviously, like I said, Matthews, Nylander, um, they're, they're, you know, they have so so many other depth pieces needing to be signed this summer, let alone next summer. So their team really can't get much better than this because Nylander 
is making 6.9 mil and having a well a very good player he's not going to be making 6.9 mil in his next contract uh matthew's 11.6 not going to be making that he's going to probably ask okay. for the most in the nhl <laughs> it's been widely reported already uh it might be around like 15 so i don't think their team can get any better than this especially since they're getting rid of all their draft capital so even by next year's deadline and even during the summer but they don't have anything to they can't buy any more than this so it's so, all in <laughs> yeah yeah so from my observation their window is one season and 20 games and <laughs> yeah. that's it <laughs> that's it gm's gone maybe and, president yeah everyone's gone and the only way they're gonna keep austin matthews around <laughs> is if they can show improvement mm-hmm Yep. Which means getting past the first round. Which means facing Tampa. If they don't Demons. get past the first round, who is to blame? Just well, a, I don't. I wouldn't or, blame Dubis at all. Or, or, or is there anyone to blame? Is it just circumstance? I think it's just circumstance. Honestly, like, what more can you do? What can you do differently? I mean, we'll have to see how their playoffs go first. Because if their star players don't show up. Or their depth Again, don't yeah. show up, or their goaltending don't every show year, up. Like, yeah, like if certain things like don't show up. Like the last time Marner did well in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge um, level impossible. So, so that's the main thing is if something doesn't show up, say Matthews doesn't show up in the playoffs, then clearly that's going to be a big target there. Um, their big thing as well is that they haven't addressed their goaltending. Not that I think. I mean, they clearly don't think they have to. They're running with Samsonov. Uh, Matt Murray's on LTIR currently. So if he falters at all during the playoffs, which he did last year for Washington, uh, oh boy, (laughs) not good. (laughs) I feel like Samsonov hasn't been too bad this season. Like, he had a rocky start, but he's been pretty solid. Oh, he's been very solid. I mean, um, he just doesn't have the best playoff track record. So no, no. So obviously they're paying a lot of faith in him, <laughs> or Murray if he's back. Who knows? Trusting Murray, oh. nice. trusting Murray. Yeah. <laughs> a personal feelings about Toronto aside, you look at their team versus Tampa right now with all these additions. Mm-hmm. Who would you say will win that first series today if it started? We had this question That's last podcast, <laughs> but that was before the that was before more all these moves. Yeah, exactly. so has it changed? Oof. Well, I would say they definitely got better on paper, but I just feel like, in a way, the chemistry and culture in there is completely mm-hmm. shifted. And who knows? You know, you got relationships. Enval and Sandine have been with the team for many years now. Um, oh, did you guys see so. the video of them hugging goodbye after yeah. practice? Yeah. So sad. Exactly. So, I think Tampa's depth is better going into the playoffs. I think they still might be grittier too, as much as Toronto tried to address oh, that. Tampa's definitely still grittier. I mean, Janot. I mean, that yeah, they paid five picks for Janot. Um, but yeah. Tampa's defense is looking a lot weaker than it was the past few years. Like I mentioned last time, you got no more McDonough. 
Who else are they missing from last year? I, I feel like there's another person that they're missing from last year. Um, McDonough, I mean, that was... Oh, uh, Ruda would be one. Oh, yeah, 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 Jan Ruda. So those two of the probably top four, basically. And this Nicholas Perbix kid in Tampa. Never heard of him. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> I, I'm sure he's doing well if he's playing with Sergachev. You don't just get put on that line. I mean, he's definitely earned his rush spot because they did ship out uh, Cal Foot for Janot the other day. So clearly, they. Oh, yeah, that's true. Him. Actually, yeah. Um, so, yeah. so Leafs probably a bit better scoring because because I don't think Tampa has as much offense up front but then Tampa's grittier the defense is kind of I mean Tampa's defense has proven a bit more Toronto's mm-hmm. is a bit more green when it comes to playoff experience um, and then you have to factor in the goaltending as well Just yeah goaltending is a big advantage <laughs> no they do not yeah so I think Tampa's still got the edge just based off of defense and goaltending, but I mean, seven game series last year it could definitely tip the other way with with a bit more skill up front. I mean, yeah, it went to seven last year um, and that was with Toronto. I mean, you can probably say their roster wasn't as good as it is right now, so Mm -hmm. well, see, it's going to be very interesting, especially uh, the East in general. Um, we'll get into a lot more trades that have happened here. Um, but <laughs> even if they do make it past the first round, they might face Boston, which is just too <laughs> perfect. <laughs> All right, so moving on to uh, another Ontario team. Um, the Ottawa Senators made uh, quite the splash, actually, in the trade market. Um they actually end up acquiring uh, Jacob Chikrin, who's been on on the trade market for quite some time. I think it's been <laughs> basically two years now, roughly. Uh, they get him for uh, a first and two second round picks. Those first and second do have some conditional statements on it, uh, mainly just saying that if it's top five protected... Um, as well as if the if Ottawa makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals, it becomes a first round. That second rounder becomes a first this round. year. Uh, if Ottawa makes it to the twenty twenty three Eastern Conference Finals, the pick becomes a twenty twenty four first round top ten protected. If the top if the pick is top ten, the pick becomes Ottawa Ottawa's twenty twenty five first, which is unprotected. So. I mean, a first and sec- two seconds, if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, it's two firsts in a second, essentially. Yeah, Chikrin's going to put them over the top. You think so? No. God, no. That's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd like to give myself a bit of props here. Last podcast, we talked about buy, sell, staying put, and I said that Ottawa should go out and get Chikrin. Two days later, they did do so. 
Give yourself a little pat on the back there. I I, I literally physically pat myself there. (laughs) There's no webcam. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Max is over here buttering himself up. (laughs) A little pat. Good good job, Max. Thank you. So, this does not seem like the return that has been widely talked about from from Arizona for a while. I feel like they always ask for two firsts and like two prospects. So, pretty underwhelming return. They didn't retain anything. Um, I think Max, this is a home run for Ottawa. I I don't think they got that good of a return because they didn't retain anything. Yeah, I think a lot of the teams that wanted them uh, needed needed to retain money. I can see that. Um, but Arizona was being cheap, I guess. <laughs> um. Well, they're right up against the cap. They're not able to retain much money. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. Um, yeah, the cap floor. <laughs> they should have retained like ninety percent just to get a better offer from them. Well, fifty percent's the maximum. That'd be cool, though. Actually, didn't know that. Oh, well, funny. they should have retained fifty percent then. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that's why you'll see like one team or like the original team re- retain fifty yeah. percent, then they get a third team involved to retain. 50% of the 50%, which is yeah. just 25%. Funny. Yeah. I.e. Toronto's additions. <laughs> I.e. Kane's contract. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting trade. Um, Arizona. Yikes. I don't know why they didn't bother retaining. What did you? Are they competing in the next three years? No. So they just continue to stockpile second round picks and third rounders. <laughs> you look at their cap friendly, it's quite the sight. They got two first this year, depending on how the Ottawa um you know, if they make playoffs or not. But um and then they only have one second and three thirds. Go to next draft. They got one th- their own first, then four second rounders and three Jeez. thirds. 2025 they got their own first four seconds and two thirds <laughs> I really like those seconds. they rounds. really love those seconds so I mean I think this is great for Ottawa um, I basically explained it last podcast but I'd like to hear you guys' opinions I think it's awesome for Ottawa I think the big winner of this trade is Thomas Shabbat <laughs> having another strong NHL defenseman to play with um, so he doesn't have to play 25 minutes a night as we discussed last episode I don't have much else to add other than what we already have said that fills a hole that Ottawa needed filled and for a lot cheaper price than we thought it was going to happen for so yeah, yeah definitely win for Ottawa and for Chikrin being able to get out of Arizona <laughs> have to sit on the sidelines for weeks on weeks again yeah, I think he's the true winner out of all of this. He finally gets to go and play. I swear and he's like, requested a trade and been sat out for two weeks now. My God. Ottawa's defense, like, defense looks decent. I mean, we'll see how they perform and stuff. But, like, Thomas Shabbat, Artem Zub. I, I'm personally a fan of Artem Zub. I'm sure he Same. makes a ton of, mis- of mistakes. But from what I've seen, he's a pretty solid defenseman. Um, then Sanderson... Obviously, really young guy, um, rookie this year, playing with Chikrin now, and then Hamannick and Brandstrom. So, yeah, they got you know 
you know, a decently young and for you know decor going for the future. I mean, Zoob's yeah. the oldest at 27, but the rest of them, you know, mid to early 20s. So that's something they can really go from there. Um, and all of them are signed long term as well. Yeah, and most of them are just getting better, like Batherson. Exactly. Kachuk just getting better. Like the Brinkat's gonna level out. Norris isn't even playing this year, so like this definitely isn't their year. There's no way they're getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. But you get Norris back next year, and like this team could challenge for a playoff spot. Oh yeah, I mean they already are this year, so you'd think next year they might be possibly better. I mean Norris playing, that's their two C filled. Um, I mean, better defense, goaltending, a bit of a question mark. They've had a bit of a rough year juggling goalies, lots of injuries, so we'll see there. Um, But, you know, good things to come, I would say, for them. So uh, the last couple days, obviously, we've posted a lot of different trades on our Instagram stories, asking your guys' opinions on who won the trade, who lost the trade. We did one... For the chicken trade, one, Arizona or Ottawa. Obviously, the vast majority said Ottawa. Um, I really wish Corey was here, though, to explain why he <laughs> thinks that Arizona won this trade. You think, oh my he God. was one of the only people that voted Arizona. That's interesting. I don't, yeah, we'll have to <laughs> hear his opinion on that sometime. Um I think this is a great pick, um, great addition for Ottawa. Um, so we can probably move on here. Sticking in the East, because that's a very popular topic. Um, Carolina, it's been a little quiet this deadline. Um, there was a lot of talks of them being in the Tebow Meyer uh, rumor mill. Um, they elected to go for a little different approach. They acquired earlier uh, Jesse Poli Harvey from Edmonton, um, as well, uh, earlier today from Arizona, again, uh, they acquired Shane Gossespierre for a third rounder. Um, so they're kind of just filling out their lineup. I mean, obviously, Pogliarvi still has, I would say, a bit of untapped potential there, and they only had to get rid of, you know, um, one of their distant prospects for it, so interesting little additions there nothing too splashy i would say i wonder where he's gonna play in the lineup third line probably but yeah and what kind of opportunities he'll get to move up the lineup because that's kind of what he i don't even know what happened in edmonton i guess he just didn't gel well with the speed of the game so he just never seemed to get a firm place in the lineup in Edmonton that's for sure I feel like he was juggled around definitely didn't get any any power player penalty kill time if I'm correct um scratched I believe a few occasions so you know yeah see <laughs> still only 24 RFA this summer so we'll have to see how he gels on Carolina who you know that's a very good forward core, so let's see what he can do with them. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. 
And then they also acquired Gostas Bear, like you mm-hmm. said. They'll be like a sixth defenseman for them. Yeah, I mean, Fifth I heard possibly it might be due to them trying to shore up their power play because it is ranked 22nd okay. in the NHL. Um, so I doubt he would replace Burns uh, on the first power play, but you can definitely put him on the second power play unit. I mean, if Burns uh, isn't working on the unless first Burns, power yeah, play, I mean, then... technically, <laughs> you're 22nd, then no one's safe. <laughs> um, no. So look for him to do that. Uh, I'm not sure about his defensive play, but I mean, I know Carolina very well known for their systems there, and they have some great defensive D-men. So I feel yeah. like he should be able to fit in pretty well. Okay. And he's a rental, most likely, but won't re-sign, I would say. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Unless he does well. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Uh, speaking of defensemen on the move, um, we can move over to Edmonton, obviously clearing up, I believe it was three mil of cap space from Polly Harvey. Um, and they used that space um, and a little bit more. They shed Barry's cap it um, and dish him off to Nashville. In return, they got Matthias Ekholm. Um, obviously, he's got some term left on him as well. Um, I think they definitely see that as a bit of an upgrade um, here. I mean, 32 years old, Ekholm has cap it of six mil for three more years after this one. So they're really coping. <laughs> it's a good long-term fit. Or else he might be a bit stuck there. Um, and they're just like an upgrade defensively, obviously. Exactly, cause... yeah. But I mean, they needed somebody like him. Oh, yeah. yeah. The guy does it all on defense. He was easily one of the best defensemen with the OC on Nashville for a long time. I kind of feel bad for Barry, though. Barry just gets tossed around like, <laughs> yeah. when he at least expects it. I mean, he's going to Nashville. They're just not playing well, and they're just getting rid of all their players too. So I kind of feel bad. Nashville could easily flip them, like by this deadline or summer. True. Yeah. Yeah. So they acquired a first rounder, uh, Edmonton's first rounder, as well as Reed Schaefer, I believe it's prospect, and a fourth rounder. Um, I also want to note Nashville did retain four percent. <laughs> of Ekholm's contract, which oh. equates to two hundred and fifty thousand, um, and I did a little quick research on this, and out of all, of, I, I don't know, sure when they started allowing contracts to be retained. Um, at least when looking at cap friendly, you can see out of all the trades involving retention, this has the lowest percentage uh, huh. ever. Four percent. The next one was four and a half percent. I don't remember who what trade that was off the top of my head. I forgot. Um, but this is the lowest, so that's quite funny. I don't know. They must have really argued for that four percent. Like, like does this deal not go through if if Nashville doesn't retain four percent? No, it doesn't. Because oh. I think Edmonton's that tight. It's that tight. Four <laughs> percent. Zero cap space. You're not wrong. They only have 450k. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> clip it, clip it. <laughs> um, 
So and and that means Evan Bouchard should be mm. running power play one now. So go are you going to pick him back? Draft up? him, yeah, again. In one of my other things, I already picked him back up. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, and then he he had a few blocks today, which was awesome. Ooh, but ooh. that's my boy. Finally, disappointment. Less boy. disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I saw like a few things about them. How this could affect their power play, because Barry was obviously a pretty mainstay guy on that Edmonton power play. But you have McDavid, I mean, Drysaddle. I don't think dude, that matters. <laughs> Corey Bird could be given the puck to McDavid and get a ton of secondary assists. Because that's all Barry got was secondary assists last year. He was like the secondary oh, yeah. assist king. Yeah, even Joe Corvo would be fine there. <laughs> yeah, Joe power play specialist Joe Corvo would thrive. <laughs> Corey would be fuming right now if I if he heard that. Yeah. <laughs> So mad you couldn't come onto the podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean that's a good time to mention, I guess. Um, we did allude to the fact that Corey should be would be joining us later on here, but it does not look like that will be so, unfortunately. Um so next podcast that we'll be have him on, we'll make sure to get his insight to all the Canucks moves that we've already mentioned in this podcast. Next episode will just be a solo Corey episode. You can just rant for an hour and a oh half. Oh god, that would be amazing. <laughs> so we can move on. Um, yep. Los Angeles Kings uh, did make a pretty hefty move. Uh, they did you, land. You, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Cheering for him, man. Cheering for him. That's much you. <laughs> okay. Um, LA acquires uh, Vladislav Ka- uh, Gavrikov as well as Jonas Corposalo uh, in exchange for a first round pick uh, and a third rounder um, that it is a conditional first round pick but it's very useless because it's the condition is if the Kings do not qualify for the playoffs uh, they get LA's second rounder and next year's second rounder but uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, along with all of this, does include uh, Los Angeles Kings legend uh, Jonathan Quick, who was on the flight back with the team when this trade was announced and was not very pleased. So, was he was the GM on the plane too? And he's like, "Oh, by the way, <laughs> you probably just pack, pack your bags." Yeah. Oh wait, you already packed. Can you come to the business class, please? <laughs> um, yeah, just give him a little parachute. There you go. Oh, hey, 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 we're actually flying over Columbus in twenty minutes. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> you will get shot down. Oof. Damn. Um. So, LA bulks up but i think the main thing about this trade was uh obviously quick going the other way um so how do we feel about that we're quick yeah yeah Yeah. i feel bad and honestly the kings are a good team this season they're they should do well in the playoffs so he could miss a potential opportunity at making it closer to another stanley cup see 
as much as I feel like really bad for Quick, and I do because because he was obviously blindsided by by the team. There was no. It sounds like there's zero discussion before that this might be a possibility that he could be moved out or that there could be a situation where where they went a different direction in goal. Um, obviously, the last year of his contract and. But judging by the play of Peterson, Peterson, whatever their goalie is now that's in the AHL and quick, like they forced the GM's hand really in this in this trade because if they had average goaltending this year, this team would be top of the division. In my opinion. But oh yeah, I believe so. But having couple goalies play most of the year for you that had sub 900 save percentages really puts you in a tough position so at the end of the day like LA made the right move like the right hockey move with like putting the best team on the ice and being the most competitive as possible but it sucks that it was that it was at at like detriment to to the best goalie that's ever played for your franchise and will play for your franchise for like the next 20 years yeah i totally agree i mean they had to do it um business side of things they want to you know win and with their goaltending that was a clear um weak spot in their current lineup um and by the stats you look at jonathan quick's season it's not been good he's been one of the worst goaltenders in the nhl statistically it's not sure statistically it. like <laughs> one of the worst starters in the nhl exactly like, yeah like and then like very close to the worst goaltender as well exactly yeah you look at um goal save above expected a little fancy metric there um he is the third worst he's actually behind jack campbell who crazy i mean you've seen what kind of year he's had um he's only barely ahead of elvis and spencer martin um hard not to laugh there um it's always not been a good season um i feel like he in a way should have expected this to happen um with them also signing phoenix copley to an extension for next year before the season's already done and they already have Pedersen under contract. So this seemed inevitable in my opinion. I mean, it was the right move, LA. It was the right of move. It's going to hurt quick. Unfortunately, that's I should say the... hurt, hurt his feelings. Like, he'll be okay. <laughs> aren't there rumors that he might go to Vegas? So I was just going to yeah. actually mention that. I was, it's funny. Like, so when did this trade get announced? Was it this morning or was this one yesterday? Um, Late last night it broke, and then this morning it was announced. Yeah, I was looking at an article that was posted this afternoon. It was, quote, Quick is disgruntled with the trade, and Columbus is already working a trade to a contender. (laughs) It's talking a lot about how apparently Vegas is interested trying to trade for him already. Apparently they have space for him. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Also, Vegas is one of the last two teams in on Klingberg, by the sounds of it. The other being Colorado. Ooh, Ooh. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Don't yeah, know. We could oh. see Quick being flopped over to somewhere he's happier with, and maybe his feelings will change. But I mean, <laughs> no one's going to be happy when they're sent to Columbus. 
except for Goudreau. Except for Goudreau. He chose that, though. He didn't get sent there. Um, it makes sense with Vegas. I mean, they recently have come down with injuries to Logan Thompson and Laurent Brassois. So they're currently rocking at Aiden Hill, Michael Hutchinson. Goalie tandem. Um, Aiden Hill's Michael good, Hutchinson. Michael Aiden Hutchinson's good, yeah. The goat backup goalie. Did you see his hair lately? Um, no. <laughs> oh my god, you guys know nothing about NHL players' body parts. Oh yeah, does he have a big neck too? He's he's got like the greasiest flow right now. His hockey DB picture is current. Interesting. The more you know. <laughs> that was weird. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um. No cap room there, though. Like, zero cap room in Vegas. I remember at the start of the season, yeah. they were over cap. I mean, they looked the Canucks, except for a competitive. Yeah, this is the, a team that can barely roster, like, their full 23 people, and, like, with spares and everything. Um, I, I think they've numerous times had to deal with similar cases to Rangers, like, where they had to dress 5D. Um, and 11 forwards, so they're currently a bit of a cap hell, um, so I don't know how this would work. Obviously, you can get a three-team trade going, but even so, that's still adding like a $2 million quick to your payroll that they can barely afford. And then having to move $2 million out where they don't really have. Where they, yeah. I mean, the, like they just acquired Teddy Bluger. Which is two mil. Which is two mil there. So, it's like, are they going to trade him right away? Or are they trying to get him in to replace someone else? No idea what's going on in Vegas, but... But, of course, they're in on everyone. Yeah. Didn't know about the Klingberg one. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, just one of the pages I follow for the Avalanche. That's mm. He's actually pretty accurate with some stuff. Um, said it's Colorado and and Vegas, the last two teams, which I don't know why Colorado would want another was, offensive defenseman, but... Where would he even fit in the lineup? <laughs> Man, Josh Manson's probably injured again. He tweaked something oh, that has thanks. been bugging him all season. So he's probably injured again. McCarr's still out with concussion. So, like, there'd be room for him. He's just, like... He just wouldn't fit in the lineup I don't think well speaking... uh, I, I think there'd be another team that would that should come in last minute and pick them up instead of these two teams hmm. I think yeah I think Colorado just needs maybe another depth defenseman and then hope that either JT Comfer or Evan Rodriguez can hold that second line center spot down and I mean, speaking of Avalanche, we can also, I don't know if you have much to say about it, but they did acquire Lars Eller from Washington for a second rounder in 2025. Um, so you do get, a I believe he's a centerman. Yeah, I mean, 2025 draft will be a bit weaker, but I thought it was a bit of an overpay for a fourth line center for us. 
Um, but at the same time, like Lars Eller, a few years ago when the Caps won the Cup, like he was a major part of that Cup victory. So if they bring that playoff experience over, and on top of that, like Darren Helm is probably out for the rest of the season. I don't think he will play again. It sounds like so. Did he not play today? Darren Helm? Yeah. Who was that that just came back? Um, I think, uh, whatever. (laughs) Forward that just came back? Yeah. I have no idea. Okay. Everyone's been in the lineup for a while, I think. (laughs) Okay. Not sure. Not sure. But, um... I guess that's just replacing Helm so that we have our our fourth line center that can kill penalties and still a decent player. So that's just about every trade that's happened um, since the last podcast. That was quite a lot, quite a lot. Um, we didn't go over every single one of them, but the most notable ones for sure and even though there doesn't seem to be a lot of notable players left um if there's ever i mean there's truly a lot that still can happen um just look at the philip ronick trade uh i didn't know he was even on the block so will we see more of those we'll have to wait and see we got a trade deadline coming in a day and a half here so we'll make sure to have another episode for you guys very soon after that. Um, we won't do any trivia today because it has been another long one. Um, we will have lots more for you guys on the Insta to participate in. I know we've been pushing uh, for a lot more polls for you guys. Um, our next fan question for you, though, is one I just came up with earlier and has to do with the Canucks. <laughs> Shocking. Um, who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought? Um, <laughs> my question for you all, and I want to hear lots of in-depth responses, is uh, are the Canucks going for the playoffs next year? I'm not saying, do you think they will make it? I'm saying, is that the management, like, is that their goal? Because with these little trades here that they're making, it does seem like they are, in a way, going for it, in my opinion. So I'd love to hear your responses to that. Um, Other than that, it's been a long one, lots of talking today, so I will pass it off to Aaron now. Thank you, Max. Um, For those of you that are still with us, thank you for sticking up here and listening to our voices for this long I hope we didn't tire anybody out with all this trade talk. I know we find it interesting. Hopefully you guys do as well. Um, maybe next episode we will have some more variety. We'll hope to get our trivia segment back up and running. In the meantime, oh, I'm ready. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> Kyle's been banking those. Uh, in the meantime, Instagram, Facebook, check us out there. Please go give our new TikTok a follow at Shell Stars on everything. And other than that, we'll see you guys next time.